Welcome to the Real Life and Fishing Podcast, hosted by myself, Jimmy Easterling. On this podcast, guys, we're going to get into people's lives. Life has its ups and downs. There's a bunch of different stories that people have to share, and we're going to go get into those stories. Also with this, we're going to talk about fishing. And if you know me, I love to talk about fishing. Our first guest today is someone that means a lot to me. He's a former kid that I coached. I met him when he was a ninth grader. Now he's 21 years old, fishing for the Arkansas Tech Wonder Boys. His name's Cannon Harmon, and one thing just to share about him, when he was 19 years old, he fished for as a pro in the Arky BFL division here in Arkansas and ended up getting 12th in the Angler of the Year points. A great year for a young kid in the division here in Arkansas, which has a lot of great anglers. I mean, a lot of great anglers in this state. Podcast is brought to you by Futural Marine. Man, for me, it always means a lot to work with a business that has a great family history. The Futuals are great people, and they start off with their store here in Nashville, Arkansas, where I'm located right now. Since then, they've had three more stores across the state. You've probably seen and heard about the one on Lake Hamilton. They also got a store at Heber Springs. Hey, if you're looking for a newer used boat, check out Future Marine, and they can also serve you in any of your boating needs. Now, hey, guys, let's get into this podcast right here at Cannon. We appreciate you. Please share the podcast. Subscribe to the channel if you're on YouTube. And once again, I appreciate you all. Now, let's get into it. Now, Cannon, one thing we're going to do with this story or with this podcast, we're going to talk about stories. This first segment and we're going to open up is with the Jimmy's story segment. Oh gosh. And we're not always going to do it right off the bat, guys, but we're going to share this with you just to kind of make this thing interesting. So, um, Caden, I'm going to ask you a question. What's that? Have you ever sunk a boat? I have not. I have, I've had a few trips where I was excited, you know, you get out there and you just forget the plug and you go back and everybody's like, Hey, why is there water in the boat? That's about the closest I've got, but I'm not. Sunk a boat. Yeah. So I, I've been close to sinking a boat. And I'm just going to go ahead and share that story with you guys on how when I was at an 18-year-old kid, I about sunk a boat at Lake Washita. <laughs> so here we are. Here's the story. So, And I'm going to give a little backdrop. So I'm 18 years old. We're at Mountain Harbor. I know you're familiar with Mountain Harbor. I am. Very familiar. So we're in a hydrosport. It was uh, my father-in-law's boat at the time. And uh, it was me and my good friend, Brandon Parrish. He uh, fished with me occasionally. He's one of my, my best friends growing up. Shout out to BP number two. If you're going to listen. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're, we're going out of Mountain Harbor. Okay, it's March, early March. And as you guys know, fishing in March, the weather's up and down. This was post front. I still remember to this day, like visually, what I'm about to explain. We're idling out of Mountain Harbor. And right away, as you're looking at hamburger hot dog, you just see the ripples from the waves. Yeah. Like, like, like not a one foot wave, but like you see the ripples. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be a little windy. And you know me. <clears throat> I never fished in Mountain Harbor. For some reason, I went to Blakely. I don't know why. And even this day, like, I just just stayed in Mountain Harbor, guys. And anyway, like, I have a one-year-old right now. He's not going to be allowed to do what I did. And yeah, you better be a Mountain Harbor kid. You're yeah, right. he's going he's gonna to figure out Mountain Harbor. Jimmy here, guys, did not. Jimmy just decided to run to Blakely. <laughs> don't know why. And, yet, man, I had people tell me, just stay here and catch fish. And I was dead set on Blakely, okay? We'll talk about that another day. So, <laughs> we take off. And as we get going... The waves started getting bigger. We get to hamburger, hot dog, and the man, them waves was, you know, one to two foot. I think they're one to two foot, right? Yeah. And it's cold, by the way, guys. It's cold. It's just one of these colder mornings. It was warm that week up, but then, like I said, this front came through. Then as we get around hamburger, hot dog towards Crystal, what's that big island there? I don't know. It's a 26 maybe or 24. Is it going right by Crystal? Yeah, as you're going to Crystal. Yeah, I don't know that. So, yeah, so it's that big. There's a big island there, and as we're going through there, I noticed the waves are getting a little bigger. 
Okay. That's usually a pretty rough area of the lake if you aren't familiar with Watch Dogs. That's, that's what we're getting to. Pretty bad. And, and this is me learning this, guys. Like, I didn't have no one that just took me out all the time and just shared, like, hey, like, you know, I don't even have someone train me how to drive a boat, really, okay? So I'm here learning. Uh, and this boat at the time that we're using is a 20-foot boat, 19-foot or 20-foot. It didn't have uh, power steering. It was straight mm. cable steering. Heck yeah. So anyway, um, good stuff. So that, that that's a factor to, to, to keep in mind, too. Then, as we get to Crystal, as you just said, it gets rough. Yeah, it's the open area of the lake right there. As we got to Crystal, it got bigger waves, like three to four foot, I think. All right, guys? And three to four foot is not big to some people at the time you know. Anyway, what size is this boat, too? 19, 20 foot. 19 foot boat. Yeah. And so, they get bigger. And then my buddy looks at me and said, what are we doing? <laughs> and we're having to slow down. The waves are getting bigger, by the way. Like I said, three or four guys, as we're about to pass Crystal, all my Arkansas anglers are, are visualizing this with me. As we pass Crystal, get to it's starting to head to Brady, and it, the waves are getting bigger. And guys, I would not even take this route anymore if I went to the Blakeleys. I was learning. I would actually now go on the north end of the lake, run through there. But this time, I didn't know it. Did not know it. So then, the waves are getting bigger. My buddy looks at me, and this is the funniest part of the story. Not okay. He's like, "What are we doing?" And I'm like, "Hey, the professionals do this. <laughs> we got to do it too. I got to learn." And he looks at me and says, "Okay," and just grabs and ducks his head. And I'm driving the boat. Them waves get bigger. I think they got about four or five foot. I don't know. They're big. I mean, real big. And then all of a sudden, guys, I speared one. I mean, I speared it. Like we're right now in this Ranger 520R right here, guys. This is a sweet boat, okay? And this Ranger would handle it actually really, really well, okay? And the, the yeah. boat I in would not. But like I'm looking at that seat up there. The seat was a tall butt seat, okay? That water was like two foot over the seat oh, as it came in the boat. And so we speared this wave. That water comes over the boat and gets in the boat. Our shoes are wet. The water's up here past, you know, our ankles. And then all of a sudden the motor dies. This oh motor, motor dies. And then more water's coming in. I'm over here freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, we're out here in the middle of the, the water's cold too, guys. And like it's already March. It's like 55 yeah, degrees. Yeah, that's freezing. It's cold. And then Brandon's freaking out. I then, you know, start the motor and we were kind of getting pushed towards that Southwest section past Crystal to kind of down there in that area where there's some coves. And, and I, just, you know, started the motor, rode the waves in there. We got in a cove out of wind, and I, then we just, you know, cleaned up, and we went fishing. Builds out, I guess. Yeah, we, we, I, I eventually pulled up on a bank, and it bilged out. Dang. So the boat ran fine after that. We never had any other issues, but uh, I about sunk a boat. All right, Cannon. So one thing I know, you've been around me a lot, okay? Yep. Like I said, I, we met, I met you when you were in ninth grade. I was just the uh, football coach, fishing coach, math teacher. And then here we are today. We, man, as you know, we, we fish a lot together. We talk a lot. And guys, that's one thing that I just want to share about fishing that I, that I really like is how these relationships can last forever. Okay. Uh, as coaching football, uh, you know, I've always said those kids are, when they're done playing football, they're kind of, we don't always have that, like something to talk about. Right. Yeah. And so one thing you've been around me a lot and you know, and I was going to have you share a funny story. I actually have one. I, I was thinking about it earlier. Um, one of my funniest stories of you is we were on Derek's Lake. I'll just go ahead and say it. We were catching them. Doing our favorite way we like to catch them. And it was a phenomenal day. Probably one of the best days I've ever had of fishing, just numbers-wise and pounds. It would have been a bigger bag. It could have been. Like, if this, been I know where you're going bag. now. I, I know what you This could have been, guys, a... Uh, a 25 the pound bag of my life. It could have been a 25 to 26 baby pound bag. Maybe I don't know. We we anyway. Yeah. It would have been a giant bag. 
So your buddy gets invited. James, I think is his name. Big Fish James. Shout out Big to Big Fish, Fish James. James. He gets invited. We're on him. He's like, hey, I just want to come catch a fish. He jumps in the boat. I'm throwing a crankbait down this this wall, and all yep. of a sudden just locks up. And I'm like, that's her. Like, that's a giant. You know, let's get ready to get this thing in. And guys, it was a giant. I don't uh, think you had a net either. I did not have a net at the you time. Didn't have a net in the boat. Yeah, I'm not. I've never. Net. We'll talk about net some other video. I go to grab this fish, guys, and I'm kind of freaking out. I'm kind of in between boat flipping it and just grabbing it. And I'm like, oh, oh, I've never seen this fish. Like, it just, it's just for a, the whole time. For a second, he was like, this is not a bass. And I was like, no, nah, this is a bass hole. It was just pulling hard. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what this is. It's huge, whatever it is. Get to the boat, see it. And I, for some reason, I go to boat flipping it. And I think I remember why. I think it's because James line was in the No, that is the thing. Yeah, so so James line was in between. There's three of us guys. And, and yeah. just so you know, my boat that I have is 19 foot. Uh, three people fishing it can get kind of tight. It, yeah. And his line got wrapped around your line. Yeah. That was what happened. And so I freak out. I'm like, you know, if, if I lose this fish because I try to grab it and his line's in the way, then, you know, it's going to suck. So I just go to boat flip it, and I'm like, looking back, it's so dumb. Guys, just real it's like quick, 10 pound test yeah, yeah, yeah. Like never boat flip. flip. And, and guys, I did. I've I've, uh, I've made this mistake before. Uh, uh, actually, you know, I'm gonna go see and fish at the moment. Me and Johnny, when we were young, I remember boat flipping like a five pounder on my crankbait rod, five XD. And Johnny was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like. I've never, like, at the time, I never boat flipped a fish that big on a crank rod. Don't do that, guys. It's not yeah. a flipping stick jig rod. So, yeah, go on. So, I go to boat flip this fish, and she hits the side of the deck. I mean, like, hits the side of the well here, and you're, like, almost comes in the boat and pops out, and the hook goes flying by my face, and my instincts hit the deck and grab her real quick while she's right there. I go down to grab her, and all of a sudden, I'm just in the water in a split second. I'm like, what just happened? Come up. I can't even speak. I'm, like, I'm trying to talk. Life, life flashed in front of his eyes it and did. my eyes too <laughs> in the moment it was a little scary but looking back it's hilarious looking back I just like think about that all the time to make this even more worse on the story the GoPro was off like we yes. had GoPro footage going that day and this is before I had all the stuff I do now with Fish the Moment but it was off but guys he jumped in the water like he, he it looked to me like he dove for this fish I saw a part of the fish, and it was minimum six pounds. Minimum. It it, and it was thick. I, it could, I think it was probably seven. Uh, and this lake, she's talking about Derek's, it has some six to seven pound fish. Uh, I'm not saying it was one of the megas out there that, that you know, us locals kind of know. There's not many eight to tens, uh, if any. I mean, there are, but anyway. But like, it was a six to seven. But dude, this dude jumped in the water. And guys, this is December. Yeah. Water temperature that day. Now, it was kind of a warm. It was warm. a warmer day, but the water was still... 60. Yeah, you know, it was still, it was, it was, I remember it was 57. Yeah. The water, so we had a, we had a warmer December. This was a couple years going to December was warmer. But dude, he went in the water. We got him out. Uh, we didn't lose a rod, did we? Or, I don't think so. I did land on a few rods, but yeah, no, we, I don't think he got dragged in. So, and then after that, we actually went to the ramp and was done. We caught that day over 50 fish. Man, had a bag. I should have had a bigger bag. But anyway, so. That's got to be the funniest memory. There's too many to count, guys. I mean, you go fish with this guy, it's going to be an interesting yeah. day. Yeah. Any day you go. And that's but. one thing I'm trying to, with me working with Fish the Moment, Bass Fishing Declassified, I like, people don't get that experience. They, and I am always was kind of serious, but like, I have a good time in the boat. Like, oh, I try. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's some sides of me people don't get to see. Funny sides. You know, I talk to myself, I will say. 
Yeah. And I talk to myself. <laughs> People don't see that on day, on, like so on, on the show or on right. the videos. But uh, it gets out. yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> it gets clipped out. So so now, hey, let's get into the juice. Let's get into the last segment of the show, guys. So we just opened up. Like I said, this this podcast, guys, is going to be over fishing, Arkansas bass fishing, national bass fishing. We'll talk over topics, but we're going to get into life. And so, Kanan here, as you guys see, Arkansas Tech. He just finished his junior. Season, junior season, junior year. I'm over yeah. here going back to football, coach. Well, it's, it's fishing season. I mean, yeah, so thing. so he just finished his junior year, okay, and he just turned 21. Guys, I remember when I was there. I remember when I was there. That senior year's coming, and you're like, "What am I about to do?" Yeah. And so, what is your dream right now? I want to fish professionally. If that's you know doing something like you do, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Or if it's fishing on the elites or yeah, the even the invitationals. I mean, that's yeah. That's what I want to be able to do, and I want to be able to support myself financially, you know, to do that. And if that's if I have to work construction or something on the side, I'll do that. But my goal is to eventually, you know, be a professional fisherman, yeah. make a living doing it. Uh-huh. And you know, in realistic terms, I know that it's not just going to happen overnight. Yep. Um, so I actually plan on I'm going to try to get into guiding after I get out of college. Okay. I want yeah. To try to get in that, just because I know I need to be on the water more. And when you're working five days a week doing construction, and you're just working weekends, yeah. you're not just gonna you're gonna get better, but mm-hmm. not quick enough to be where you need to be. Yeah. So I think I want to get into guiding, but I know that's not gonna be an overnight success. So I'm probably gonna still do some construction on the side. That's what I do right now. It's just construction and uh, remodeling stuff like that. And yeah. I actually did enjoy doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, guys. He's one of the like I know there's some other younger people in his generation coming up learning how to work on bathrooms help not you say build houses but that's a giant term like this guy's done flooring walls uh he's learning late sod yesterday he yeah so so this is a this is a unique trait like this generation is kind of like hey there's need for this so they're doing it to where my generation we got told go to college you have to have a degree to be successful i remember being a student in these classrooms and hearing this and then as a teacher as i used to be and i'm still a teacher like you know in, in terms but i tell kids you don't got to go to college. Like you, you can find many ways to make money and support your family. If you don't like school in high school, you, right. why are you gonna like college? So, um, with that, so so you do have that trait. Um, and on guiding, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about professional fishing. We're gonna talk about that. Guiding though, uh, you're not just gonna be bass guiding, probably right. You're gonna be doing crappie. Probably crappie. I don't know if I get an all species, but like, if they want us to go catch fish, yep. like you know, you these people just want yep. to go catch fish. I'll take him brim fishing. You know, I'll do uh-huh. that too. That's that's a good thing to do. Yeah. People like enjoy doing that. But I don't know if I want to get into all the walleye, striper. Yeah. I don't know if I want to get into all that. I mean, if we pull up on a spot and they're schooling, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, we're, yeah. we're catching. But more likely, I kind of want to get into electronics. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to like do electronic trips because that's becoming more of a thing. Yep. Old, older generation, they don't really know how that stuff works. They kind of want to get in the boat with somebody that understands yeah. it, teach mm-hmm. it to them. I kind of want to get into more yeah. of that. That'd be cool to get into mm-hmm. for me. But. And um, and I and I brought this up just because I know people listening. He can catch crappie. Like that's why I brought up crappie guy. I'm like guys, if you ask me to go take you on crappie, we can do it. That's <laughs> not my thing though. Like hey, we can go find him and drop it and go get a minnow. But like he he's been doing it for a long time. Like since before live scope, he's been doing it 2D sonar. And um, that's what my family grew up doing was crappie yeah. fishing. They mm-hmm. were really my family doesn't bass fish really. Yeah. Besides if they're biting, you know, but. Like springtime is the only time they'd bass fish, and I don't have any people in my family that's tournament fishermen. So yeah. everybody in my family just go out to the lake, yep. catch crappie, uh-huh. kind of minnow on, you know. Yeah. So so your your dream, you're 21, just turned 21. 
is to be a professional bass fisherman. And I think you need to set your dreams high because I think you can do it. And you work. That's one thing I, I know with you. You work at it. You are on the water. You you love it. Learn it. And I tell, I've told you this and humbling to you. When I was your age, I was not as good of an angler as you are right now. I don't think. Uh, but we had different dreams. Right. What do you think? And that's why. What, what do you think my dream was at your age? Probably to be some kind of head coach or some major okay, organization. Okay, there you go. So, guys, when I was his age, and this is we're going to get into like life because like life, you just never know what's going to happen, and you never know. When I was twenty-one, my dream was to be the head Razorback football coach. <laughs> like for real. Like I, I in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be the guy that turns it around. I wanted to dang thirty. Cool. I wanted to dang thirty for thirty done on me. <laughs> like, I wanted, like, y'all, and this is for real. Like, I wanted, in my mind, there's going to be a dang statue at me at that football stadium. stadium. Yes, that was my goal. And then, of course, some things happened. Like I said, not things. Like, I went from college. I was coaching college at 21. Uh, and at the time, guys, I was probably one of the youngest assistant football coaches in the nation. I, mean, I think I got hired full-time at 22 as a college assistant. 21, I got offered the job, then get signed up maybe at 22. Uh, but then I got into high school coaching, and I knew getting into high school, it's harder to get to that college route. But right. like even you look today, it's not; it's been more prevalent. So it, that that kind of worked. But uh, I had no in my guys, and this is what I'm going to get to. Never in my life I had the dream of making fishing a living. Now, when I retired, I wanted to be a guide. Right. I wanted to retire after 28 years of education or 38 right. and guide. I wanted to take people in the boat. And then the high school fishing, when that started coming along, that was my kind of opportunity to get kids like you. Like, you yeah. have great parents. Love your parents. And y'all are lake people. Oh, yeah. Y'all are lake people. That's what we grew up doing, just going to the lake. Going to the lake. Then. But they're not, but your dad and uh, dad mom were not tournament fishermen. No, I, nobody in my family. I'm the first person, yes. too. And so that's my, my, I'm from that same situation. My dad fished. Um, and so he would take me to ponds, you know, we, we would fish the Washtenaw River. I had some other people that impacted me that did tournament fish, but, um, I wanted to get and help kids, not just like kids like you, but there are other kids that I got to meet at Haskell right. when I coached y'all. And that man was, man, it was a blessing. It, it was something that, and I saw that was kind of like my calling, take kids fishing. Yeah. And, and then I had like, you know, I fish a lot guys. Like I know there's tournament fishermen out there. I, I like tournament fishermen. I love tournaments. I just never had that fire like to for it. Yeah, yeah, like I just you know I had some bad ex- had some bad experiences as a co angler, right? And, and the thing that hit me and you know is I wasn't in a situation to be successful, as in I could be on the lake Friday, right? And then tournament Saturday, or be on the lake the whole week Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I as a coach knew that like hey you have to have an edge and my edge was gone i didn't even own a boat guys till i was in my mid-20s i had access to boats thank you to you people watching knowing that let yeah. me have your boat for like three years roger <laughs> brown thank you very much i hope you listening roger <laughs> let me just ha- like use this boat for like five years until That's i had awesome. my own and then coach Callie, before yeah. he sold me the skeeter he just let me take it out um i mean i remember the, the cable did the cable break in it? i think the cable broke in it like before a high school tournament, like in, uh, no, it might have broke actually in Rogers both, and Callie let me take his. Anyway, pretty wild. So, uh, <laughs> so Callie was always there too. Uh, but like I never had the dream of doing what I'm doing now. And right. if you ask me right now what my dream is, I have no idea. 
Yeah. No idea. Just rolling. I'm ro- I'm going. Like I'm I I have different ideas and paths, but guys, I'm 31 years old, and I'm like, what do I want to do when I'm 40? That's kind of how I am in a sense. I mean, yeah. I have you have the goals out there you want to achieve, uh-huh. but I don't really know how I'm going to do it. But I just know I'm going to do it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yes, and and, and I just I'm kind of just playing it out and just taking being patient with it is mainly the biggest yeah. thing for me. It's just I know it's not going to happen, you know, overnight. Yes, you just got to have to work your way up. And then right now, I'm just focused on being dominant at a local level because yes. if you're not uh-huh. dominant at a local level, I mean, how are you going to compete? And and dominate, yeah, and and dominate, guys. That are listening doesn't mean win every tournament, but right. it means be in the mix, consistent, every consistent, tournament. cash checks, yeah. and that's something that I know we've talked with amongst like like a Dustin Connell. I mean, he was yeah. consistent over there in Alabama. Uh, Jacob Wheeler has just been consistent. Like I Everything. can't talk. Yeah, I can't bring up Jacob, but like you look at the guys. Scott Suggs is an Arkansas example. Yeah. He not just a hot springs Washtenaw guy. He come down here to Millwood at Mister Bass and cash checks. So you have to be consistent. And 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 that's 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 right. That's the first. And there's step. a difference in being consistent at one lake and being consistent at Multiple the whole lakes. state. Yes, because there's a lot of guys. Because like once again, guys, I watch the tournament scene. I've talked to people, but there's a lot of guys that might dominate Hot Springs lakes. Yeah, but they go they, to Millwood. And, yeah, they go to Millwood and can't catch them. Or they, yeah. like in Millwood, guys is a different animal. But hey, look at the Elite Series right now. They went to lakes similar to Millwood. And Millwood's a lot like Florida in, in ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the closest thing we have to Florida. You have. Darnell. Yeah. I mean, I think right now in Arkansas, if you can catch him at Washita and catch him at Darnell, I think that's two good backgrounds, good foundations to catch him somewhere else. I mean, that's clear water and that's current. muddy river. Yeah. I mean that's that's all you need to know, really. Yes, and and now there are some other lakes, you know, like I always think Hamilton, Hamilton to me is he when I was your age struggled like I'd, I'd have a couple good bags and not catch fish and i didn't understand how to fish hamilton until in recent years right like and i know we've talked about it we're not going to share all the juice guys i'm sorry but uh <laughs> but uh hamilton was one and so but you're right like and that's one thing i talk with johnny about with fish the moment like and he is good with this now after fishing central now fishing northwest arkansas going oklahoma is how quick can you find fish on a lake you have no yep. information on. And Absolutely. and then not just finding them, but then figuring out how to catch them, breaking down areas. Um, and that's one thing I've gotten better at. Like, since I've worked with Fish the Moment, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I thought I was a good angler last year. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a so much better right now. Yeah. Just because of, and, and, I, and at times, guys, I'm better. Like, there's so much to it. But, like, when you have four hours and you got to catch fish. Right. Oh, you, you figure out. And I'm not going to the. Community holes like there's stuff at Millwood, guys. I don't want you. Yeah. So, um, but no, you're you're exactly right. Figure, you know, and with the college fishing, you've got to experience going to new lakes. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. I mean, I've only fished college guys for for one year. Yep. Really. I mean, because my first two years was at Pulaski Tech, which is just community college. They don't have a fishing team. And I was trying to save money because you know I don't make a whole lot, so I was just trying to save money. And just, I fished a lot though. Yeah. Those years. I mean, I could go fish around local. And um, when I come to tech, it kind of was like, oh, here we go. Like, this is a college deal. I'm about to experience this and just just run it and see how it goes. And dude, it's really humbling. Um, these guys are really good and they're out there all week, practicing all yeah. week. You get there on a Thursday, you know, two days before the tournament, you're trying to figure it out. And those boys already got them found. Yeah. Um, not just figuring out like, like s- small lakes. 
I mean, like, you get to Pickwick. I, mean, I just come back from Pickwick. You just came back from Pickwick. <laughs> and, I mean, we couldn't buy a bot in practice. And, like, there's this whole river, you know, you got to figure out. Uh-huh. No current. They weren't pulling any current. Yep. And these boys are still bringing in 20-something pounds. Yeah. And it's like, and, ah. and And one thing uh, I, I heard it on a podcast recently, and I knew it was big. So, uh, the Bassmaster Opens was just at Wilson Lake or Wheeler. Yeah, Wheeler. Wheeler Lake. Wheeler. And, and everybody knows about the Decatur Flats. If you follow bass fishing, the Decatur Flats, Decatur Flats. Mm-hmm. I remember watching people catch them on it when I was your, when I was like 15, 16. The Decatur Flats is bigger than like Lake Conroe. Yeah. Like I just yeah. did a, I just did a breakdown on Lake Conroe. It, it, I mean, it's 14 miles long, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, it's probably bigger than Lake Greeson, which is down the road. I mean, so like you have, like, this is just a section of the lake. Right. That's bigger than that lake down there. I mean, like, we know people that can catch fish down there at Greeson, yep. but now that's just a part of the lake. And, like, you know, Toledo Bend, you've not been on Toledo yeah, Bend. Dude, huge. I've been to Sam Rayburn, which is You've right been to Sam. Summer, but Sam's Toledo little, eats Sam Rayburn. Yes, I mean, Sam's massive. Toledo, like, it's wild how big it is. It is unreal. Like, it, it's scary to me that, like, hey, I mean, I'm going to go to, we're going to go to Derek's today. Derek's is like, I mean, <laughs> it's a pre-con on the lake. There's a cove. It's a cove. It's just yeah. a cove. So, uh, anyway, wow. like, uh, and that's what so I did it when, uh, like, Conroe, for example. I, I just brought up Conroe. I did a breakdown on it recently. Conroe, there's one creek on that's four miles long. Derek's is four miles long. That's crazy. So, so anyway, like, so, so, but, but with that, guys, like, how to get better at fishing. I'm going to tell you this right now. How to get better is, like, Kansas talking about dominating your areas, catching fish. But let's say like a lake like Derek's, it's four miles. You figure it out. But when you go to these bigger lakes, you have to pick a section. Just figure it figure out. Figure it out. Break that section down. Now, there are areas of the lake that can be better than others. Right. And that's going to be the research, talking to people that you do. But uh, but picking an area, breaking it down. That's one thing that I grew up doing was I had a 15-foot aluminum for until I was yeah. 18 years old. Mm-hmm. I'd go out to Hamilton, and I'd put it at the hatchery. And I just break down that area. Yep. And when I got my bass boat, I have an 18 foot, 18 and a half foot boat now. Whenever I go, then when I first got that boat, dude, I was going all over the lake. And I was yeah. like, I wasn't catching anything. I was uh-huh. like, what's wrong? And I figured out, I'm not just sitting in one area and just figuring out what you needed to do. And I mm-hmm. mean, that's the biggest thing. You can take that, what you learn, take it to those bigger lakes, dial in a little area, figure out if they're shallow, deep, and then just start yeah, and that's one thing I was impressed with you. Like, so guys, as a coach, fishing coach, uh, hanging out these younger dudes and older guys too. So I, I, I'm saying, like, I've learned from a lot of people. Um, I just said earlier, I wish I would have fished Mountain Harbor and figured it out. You figured out that area up there, uh, up near uh, Little Fur, correct? Yeah, that's that's we have a lake house up there. We, yeah, little cat, that's little where cat. I've gone since I yeah. was a little so, kid. So, so in this Lunum boat, you figured out I'm gonna I'm gonna break this area down. My parents, there's a, a cutoff up there. Y'all, y'all might not be familiar with washed up. There's a cutoff. You have two cutoffs. I was limited to the cutoff and the curves, what it's called. Up yeah. There, uh-huh. I just would break that area in, and you'd figure out there's certain areas that are yeah. better at certain times of the year. And that's what you did. Like, yeah. like guys, when I'm coaching him, and he's sending me pictures during spring break, because this is when he was kind of on his up of figuring out fishing, uh, or just kind of, you know, getting that direction. You were catching some fish at times. And I'm like, dude, this is a 16-year-old kid catching 18-pound bags. But you figured that area out. And then you took it to other sections of the lake to where I, once again, I wish I would have stayed in Mount Harbor 
when I was, you know, about your age doing that, figuring out. But I drove to Blakely instead. And <laughs> anyway, it's guys. Area, but yeah, it has I, its time. I, it has its time. And guys that, that know me know that. Uh, now, that was one reason why I was really good at Blakely, though. Yeah. Like when you just. I, I mean, I figured, yeah, now, but it's big. And it, but it was a boat ride. I wish I would have stayed there. Because uh, Blakely, anyway, like, I mean, I'd always. Some of the best fish on the lake grew up. Over there. In that area. And yeah, I, just, and, and area. I just knew a lot of tournaments were won over there at times. I mean, they could be won anywhere. But like Mark Davis, I mean, how much? How many times have I seen Mark Davis up your neck of the woods? Yeah, or Changer Law. Law, Twin Creeks. That dude catches fish. Yeah. And then I, I, I look back at this and I'm like, dude, he's fishing over there. Why was I not fishing over I there? Know. Makes me aggravated too when I see him on an area that I fish. I'm like, God, how does he? I mean, yeah. I yeah. Why is he here? Yeah, so yeah. I mean, one of the times, one of the times, guys, I I went fishing with Cannon. He was going to show me. So once I like to, I like go and learn with these guys. This is man. It was before I moved here. Yeah, it might have been my first summer here actually. So it was like 2018. Uh, It was early June. I remember going up that river with you, and you wanted to show me some stuff. We caught fish. We wore them out. Remember, I somehow randomly pulled out that Magnum shaky head and caught them on that one spot too. Wow. I was like, dude, we catch them on swim jigs. Everybody, Shad Spawn deal is just crazy here. And he pulls out this Magnum trick worm. And I just start wearing, just them, out. wearing them out. And, he, like, and he's over here like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, dude, they just eat it, you know? So anyway, <laughs> uh, but uh, but like when we first started on a spot, like Mark was down the way. Yeah. And and we're watching them actually catch fish. And then we're like, dude, let's move. Let's not watch them. We caught a couple. Uh, we actually never did fish that deal. Uh, they weren't catching bigs. But it was just like, to me, I'm like, dude, this Mark Davis is up here fishing. Why right. was I always running over there? Yeah. I just, you know, and, 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 but now with that, there was a time I knew Blakely pretty well and the state park. Like this yeah. last year, this last year we went out, guys, uh, it was January, super cold. It was like 25 degrees and we took off. It was a post front deal. And, um, we tried to go catch fish doing something else. He was showing me some things, um, that he, that he learned from the BFL. And then he, you know, the fishing was tough. We lost a couple good ones. And then finally you were like, Hey, Take me over there and let's catch let's some. Go to Blakely. Yeah, <laughs> it was like take me over there and let's go catch some fish in the grass. And I was trying to make something else work, being hard headed as us fishermen can do. And then finally, we we pulled out the. Didn't you catch the first one? Yeah, you I caught think the so, first yeah. one. We pull up on a spot that's usually pretty good. Yeah, I pulled up there and it's you a deal. You were getting bit at first, which is weird. We're like, we know there's fish here. Yeah, but I was I was trying to force another bite. Yeah, and he picks up the hair jig. Yeah, and he, cool. yeah, he caught two pretty quick, and I'm like, man, I got a tie, got a tie jig on, <laughs> and then it went down, and that was that's just a jig hole. Yeah, but I was trying to force something else, and and anyway, but like it's just so I learned that area of the lake, and it made me a better fisherman for deep. But after I came over here to this part of the state, fishing Millwood, and then these lakes, I mean, Millwood's opened my eyes on a lot, and I we talked about earlier being diverse, right? And Millwood was my beginning for being diverse absolutely um it's a definitely it's a different breed down here yeah it, it is and these fish down here oh it's fun oh, yeah. it's fun they so bite. so with professional fishing okay guys and just so you know professional fishing right now is hard i think it's a hard one it's very hard to get into um and, and i've told you this and you know but with it you can still there are ways like you just mentioned the invitationals right. you mentioned you might have to go guide and, and work here and there it's hard to get sponsors right now but i think if you Go after it, and there's like, guys, I'm just gonna tell you this: if there's a dream, and there's something you want, you got to go get it. Right, and you just gotta go full. Yeah, full. You gotta go full tilt. You look at the like, you hear the guys that did it; they went all in. Now, there's other guys that went all in and did not get it, but that's okay. 
uh, like I said, it's just life. So if you're going to go after it, you got to go all in. Okay, now that we're on the topic of fishing, like, so, Cannon, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, where I know we're uh, 10 years apart, okay? I'm old, but I'm young, and you're just young. What's next in fishing? Man, uh, just as in, like, as a career, or you just want to get into, like, what's next as in just with me out of college? I'm talking about, like, technology. Oh. Like, what's next? Dude, I don't know. I bet they start having some... I bet they start having some technology where you can see fish at like 150 foot where you could just... Yeah. And I bet you they get so clear you can tell what's a bass and what's, you know, there you a carp. Go. And yeah. I bet it just starts getting to the point where it's just like there is no question in fishing. There is no advantage in a way because it's so clear that everybody can, can really... So I bring this up, technology, because that's a big topic right now. And you guys just heard me. We're 10 years apart. Guys, when I was 21, like, side image was just becoming a thing. KVD, I, th- I was about 1920 when KVD had his run. And he was one of the professionals that figured that out first. Right. But it was side and down imaging. And now here we are. I remember it. We, we both got a little insight on the forward-facing sonar game. Mm-hmm. It was a Haskell fishing meeting. Stetson Blaylock was the guest. Oh, yeah. Talking about panoptics. And Stetson said, guys, there's going to be something that's about to hit the industry, and it will change everything. I got dang goosebumps thinking about it, because now we're, <laughs> now like, I've, I mean, I've caught, I've caught 10-pound bass with this thing. Yeah. And so here I am as a fishing coach. He just said, change the game of fishing. And he didn't say anything else after that. And like, did not say a thing. He just said, get ready. And then it was a year later. Like, some pros already had it. I don't know if he did, but I hear how Scott Martin had it. Did they like? They said Scott Martin, when he was fishing, I think it was the Cup at Washita. He had it. He had, he had the original out there chasing them fish. I, I think, I don't want to, if I'm wrong, guys, don't get mad at me, okay? It's okay. But I, I've heard <laughs> that he had it, and I think that was one that he had it. But, uh, but Martin had it, and there's others that had it. Mike McClellan. Mike, I heard Mike McClellan said he had it. That dude still doesn't know the power of it. Like, he knows, but he doesn't have it dialed in like others because Mike didn't go all in on learning it. And I say this because that was 10 years ago where we're at now. And I think you just made a good point. We're about to know maybe what they are instead of making guesses. Because, you know, I fished with, I fished with the, I fished the OHIV guys. I fished with the dude that caught, uh, it was before he caught it, but he caught, one of the biggest bass in Texas ever. It's not the biggest, but it's the biggest out of OH, I think. No, it's the second biggest. I forgot. Josh made that clear. Josh Jones is the second. But Jason Kahn caught a 17-pound bass. Um, and even at, like, OH, Jason's really good, y'all, with that fort basing. So he is. I got to fish with him. And there were even a couple times where he's like, he would throw a fish and even say, that's, pr- that's probably not a bass, but I'm going to check because they were so big. Big, right. And he knows what bass are, Okay. We don't have that problem here in Arkansas. Yeah, but we don't have that problem here in Arkansas. <laughs> that's <a Texas> thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a Texas thing. But he, there was a couple times he was like, he's like, I'm going to throw with that. It might not even be a bass. And I'm not sure. I'm saying with that 17-pounder, he knew because of how they were set up. You know, This was just random suspended fish. But you can tell with bass around trees. I'm not saying Jason I'm saying Jason knew what that fish was. But, uh, but in Arkansas, we don't have that problem. But right. we do have the problem in Arkansas of, I mean, even at times like, 
is that a crappie? Like, you know, like, right. like, like, you know, I've gone on the thing to where I throw it single trees, or, or excuse me, a, a single staining timber, and then there's a fish on it. And how I know there's bass, there's ways, I'm not going to get into it. But if there's, if the fish is not moving at all, just sitting there, it could be a crappie. I did right. it the other day, I caught a crappie. Well, I bet target separation is going to get even better too. Like, yes. You'll be able to sit on a brush pile and be able to see just the individual limbs. Because on live scope, a brush pile just looks like a blob sometimes. Yeah. And I bet you it's going to get so dialed in, you just, you're like, that's a brush pile or that's a tree. Yeah. How many boats have you been in with that 34 transducer and a brand new Garmin unit? Only two, I think. And dude, it's... It's a lot legit. different. It's a lot different than that thirty-two. It's it's more accurate. You know, you're not yeah. make you're making casts on exactly where that fish is at. Not, you see the splash of the water. You're not just kind of a couple feet around them. Yes, you're on them. And then with this too, what we're hearing, um, and I haven't had this problem in Arkansas as much yet, but how there's people that think the fish are filling the live scope tinging or the sonar tinging or pinging as a tinging. I'll, I'll say this: I know they are because talking about crappie, dude. There you I go. I've seen them. I've been on top of them. I, they will come up to your tra- trail motor right underneath your boat. You'll see the whole school come up and just hover underneath it. And I think it's because the other day, the reason I know this is true, the other day I was at my boat putting it on the trailer, and I had it turned on still, and I heard it ticking. And I was like, oh, my live scope's still on. I was like, huh. Now that's what those fish do. They come up, and they're just trying to check out that little ticking noise is. Yep. So... That was a podcast I listened to. Guys, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts and video podcasts, so I forgot what pro mentioned that. He mentioned that. He said, hey, put that thing up on your deal and listen. Yeah. And there might be chicken. there might be one company that's you can't really hear it, but you can hear the others. Yeah. But he said that has to be something. Dude, Jacob Wheeler just said on Bass Talk Live, I don't know when this podcast is going to get put out, guys, like this one, me and Cannon, but Jacob Wheeler just mentioned on Bass Talk Live how – He's noticed, and he shouldn't share this, I think. Because I think I've seen this too, by the way. Uh, so you want to be quiet in your boat, right? You hear that term, quiet. You always thought you want to be quiet in your boat because you don't want to scare the bass. But as we have learned, and I've learned in another way, I'll get to that in a minute, but bass are very curious fish. Jacob said you need to be quiet in the boat, so you drop your trolling motor, make noise, the fish you attract the fish to you that makes sense you're you're distracting them away from feeding yes and the splash of the water the lure the like he he said the trolling motor going in real loud is like bait fish jumping or something and they might you know and they hear it and see it if you're that close and i was like wow and i thought i've noticed that kind of before kind of but i didn't i thought i was crazy but he said that now jacob i don't know if he's trying to pull by his leg he said at the end, he should he shared too much juice, or you know, anyway. But they are curious, and I know how they're curious is with that underwater camera I have with fish the moment. Yeah, like, I'm checking do you out. remember the first time you were actually with me? The yes. first time we dropped it, y'all, we dropped this camera, and I'm thinking bass are just gonna phew, go away, like oh my gosh, like like you know, like like the principal coming in the lunchroom, or you know, over here and all his <laughs> buddies, you know, right? But no, like we dropped that camera. What did bass do? Phew. Like, they go right to it. Checking it out. Yeah, check it out. Like, fish didn't even care. I've dropped this thing on brush piles with 50 fish, and they come up to it. And I'm like, this is a big yellow machine that makes noise, and they aren't scared of it. Now, you know, of course, like, I've guys, I've dropped that on brush piles and thrown in there and not caught fish. Right. I mean, you know, so, but they are very curious. I'm very interested to see 
where it came from. We got the Ultrex or Spot Locks. That was just there's a bunch of Spot Locks now. Uh, power poles was a thing, you know, back ten years ago. But just how boats and technologies came is wild. It's come a long way, and I think nobody wants to talk about this either. And but I think side imaging is going to get even better to yeah. the point where it's like, you know, I don't even know. I could just see it getting so good where you can just tell. You can if it's zoom a in. Fresh brush pile, or yeah. if it's an old one. I mean, it, like you can see, you can see the, the so bark pretty. or the stuff on the trees. Yeah, it'll be look like it'll look like you just took a picture of the bottom. I mean, I feel like it's going to be that clear. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah, and that's one thing, guys. People were all on the forward-facing sonar game. You can, you got to really know how to use 2D side imaging down. Oh, yeah, still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to, to be yeah. successful. Uh, the best are good at that. Then you get the forward-facing. But now I'm very interested to see what happens with the technology. I still want to I still want to have a fishing reel that I can hit a button and it just shoots it out. Like when I'm fishing shallow cover and there's a hole, like if I'm fishing down a creek... Like, for example, guys, we're at, uh, what's that lake? Cattle Lake down there in Louisiana, Texas. We're down the dang canal, a uh, small little canal off a river, and there's trees, overhead trees, and, like, there's, like, a hole. And, like, I have this seven-foot rod that I can't really cast into. There's trees over me. I just wish I could just put my fishing rod right there and hit a button, and phew, it just yeah. shoots. <laughs> shoots my wacky rig right. worm right in the hole. Who knows, dude? That might be that next piece of technology that... I should have shared that. Right, yeah, I should have kept that quiet. I, I, all right, Cam. So, hey, real quick, any any thanks? Any 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 thanks you or shout outs you want to give? I like to shout out Motivated Lure Company. Uh-huh. They're one of the biggest soft plastic lure companies on TikTok. You can go check them out on there. Um, he's making all kinds of funny videos. He he makes all kinds of custom stuff. If you want a custom color, yeah. so so I've you have a great relationship with them, and I just bought actually some some of his uh, swing head jig heads yeah. at Trader Bill's and I went through from Little Rock. Um, and you've been with him for a long time. Yeah, I've known him for a while. Trevor's his name? Yes, Trevor did so, oh, so, yeah. yeah, so this guy, I don't know what he did before, but he, I need, I'm going to have to get him on this. He's one of yeah, my guys on the list. Good so, so Trevor made his own soft plastic lure company. He started out making a little bitty flute. Uh-huh. And then just In the garage. Evolved. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, how many followers he has on TikTok? Over 100,000. He's Guys, he sells... Well. He sells a lot of lures through TikTok. He does. And he's in Benton, Arkansas? Yes. Benton, Arkansas, guys. And he is making a living selling soft plastic lures. That's all he does. Crazy. Yeah. So he had a normal job. I wonder if that was his dream. I mean, that's why I wanted to bring him on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I the, dude, the dude just thought was... I, I think, I don't know if it, if it was, I, he just really enjoyed doing it as yeah. far as I know. You have to have him on mm-hmm. to talk about it. And I know, um, down here southwest arkansas brad deal made a good spinnerbait jigs and then he his deal got so big he got on tackle warehouse yeah and then he you know he just sold it recently it got too much he was running a pharmacy couldn't make the, he couldn't he had to pick one or the other right and he picked with being a pharmacist because it got so big but trevor here whatever he was doing he said nope i'm gonna make he makes, lures he makes all kinds of stuff now yeah. he, he got with some local pros and he actually made a custom buzz bait too and then dude it's legit. If, yeah. if y'all haven't checked it out, it's a little buzz bait. You need to go check it out. It's, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. It catches biggins, and it's different than what a lot of guys are throwing. It's yeah. kind of like a horny toad, but still got that little squeak of a buzz bait. Yep. And I'd like to thank Zolo Customers, too. They're another jig company, buzz bait yeah. company, local from Sherwood. Yeah, he's um, another one. Uh, Danny, right? Yes, Danny. Dude, I, I, Danny, he's one I've never met Danny. He's a good dude. He'd be good, too. I, I listened to him on Hunter's podcast, and I, I want Danny. I'm going to get Danny He's on. a good guy to know. Danny, I didn't realize how Danny's caught some fish at Millwood. Dude, he's good. Yeah, yeah like, he's like good I, I found that out. I'm like, huh, hmm. 
I remember him catching sacks even before I knew he had a like a really good yeah uh, lure company. Mm-hmm. He's catching fish on Nimrod. Like, yeah. Sacks. So so Danny is he he's full time making. Lures. He is now. Yeah. That's just wild, guys. They, these are just people in Central Arkansas now. Like I said, hey, we're just and uh, he's got over almost. I think he's almost got twenty thousand on TikTok too. So he's wow. He's doing really well too. Now, one thing he did talk about, and I kind of feel this from what I'm doing. We're in the fishing industry, but we don't fish every day. People think I fish every day. Uh, I might go out for a couple hours, but I do a lot of work behind the scenes. Now, it's good to be in the fishing industry. I'm not complaining that I don't fish every day. But like Danny mentioned how his uh, business was getting so big, he's so busy yeah. making jigs. Because yeah. he's got to make jigs to sell jigs. Make buzz baits to sell buzz baits. Uh, so <laughs> he might not be on the water as much, but that's okay. Yeah, those both those guys talk about how if, if you want to fish for a living... Don't get into making baits. Yeah, don't get into making baits. You won't. Well, like that's like Brad Deal, guys. I know Brad. Um, yeah, Brad, man. I mean, he he him and his wife would be up all night making spinner baits and jigs. That's crazy. And like and and um, I mean, I'm up at night doing my stuff, editing, editing and, videos, and, yeah. and and like and and that's just part of it of the you do got to work. And like I said, I'm not just in fishing, uh, but I do know some other people that've been successful in business. And man, they work so hard. And I hear the stories and hear it. And, and I get to see what, you know, has happened after like 20 years of hard work. Yeah. Uh, 20, 30 years of hard work. So that's part of it. In any business industry you do, nothing's just handed to you. Yeah. Some you people might get it handed, but not many. You got to Even the people it. that get it handed to them, they're just going to eventually just yeah. fall out. Yeah. You got to you gotta work. Um, but man, so anybody else? So you mentioned uh, Motivated and, and Brazalo. That's pretty much it. I mean, I like to thank Arkansas Tech too. They're that's where I go to school, and they support us traveling and stuff a little bit. Um, in my opinion, um, let me ask you. So, I mean, I went to Henderson, and the bass fishing team there has kind of been up and down. You know, Tech's always been consistent. Yes. If there's one that's a premier in the state, I'm going to say it's Tech. Arkansas Tech all the it's way. It's been it was SAU, been that way. I'll give SAU their props. They got a pretty good team. They're coming around. That's I'm what gonna I was going to get honest to. With you, they don't hold a stick to ATU. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. They don't hold a stick. We might need to have a tech in an SAU tournament, boys and girls. Oh, we've had them. <laughs> I know. We've had them. If you look at stats, it's ATU's yeah. on the top. But, uh, but even when I was your age, like I had my buddies go to tech, I told you. And I was going to go to tech to fish. Like I was. And then all of a sudden I'm at Henderson State. Uh, that's another story. But worked out. It worked out. So, but tech has always been that premier school in this state. Yeah. Uh, like if you think of, you know, Alabama, it's Auburn. There's several pros that have come from. That's right. Yeah. Like Evan Barnes? Evan. I'm pretty sure Spencer went to school there. Sheffield? A little bit. Pretty sure. Okay. Uh, Evan, I know I know. just there's so many guys. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to name a couple in my head. If I forget you, I'm sorry. So there's Evan. Evan's partner, Dustin Higgins. Yeah. Dude, I mean, they caught fish. I don't even yeah. know what Dustin's doing now. He might not even they fish. They won state championships. Well, Dude, I, I, yeah, they, they were really good. Um, And I knew people at Tech guys. Like I, I, Reagan. Uh, Reagan. Brown now, yeah, Reagan yeah. Brown. I always think of her maiden name because of I know her dad. Uh, and then of course the one right now that's that's hot in this state is Matt Baker. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, dude, he might be qualifying. Yeah, yeah. he's close. We are going to find out if he's going to be in the Invitationals, which is big. He and he's one that we've talked about. Like you mentioned earlier, you got to dominate local yep. tournaments, and he has dominated. He's the, one of those guys that's got that last coat figured out. Too. He he has that figured out, but but. I don't. I want to have Matt on here because yeah. I've, I've told you I'm going to try to get Matt on here. He can still catch him though. Without oh yeah, it. absolutely. Like I saw that picture. I don't know, guys. It's a different deal, but he's really good at Darnell. Back to what I'm saying, if you can catch him, hot springs and Darnell, you can compete. 
or and get Darnell you. Especially, I think if you know Darnell the best, if you figure out how to catch one that like all year round, this is coming from Fred Rambanis. He told us one of our well, Fred Rambanis lives there. He's a yeah, yeah professional angler. BPT he told angler. one of our guys there. He said if you can fit, if you can catch fish on Darnell consistently, like really good, he said you can. You can compete with anybody yeah. in the country. He has a kid that's coming up through there right now that's catching out of kayaks and stuff. But uh, but I saw that picture of Matt's boat at Darnell, which I know he didn't need the forward-facing sonar, but I'm sure I didn't see it on that boat. Like I, I, I saw the transducer, but I didn't see a graph. Now, he might have yeah. put it on there after the waves because <laughs> I know it was windy, I, so I don't know. But I, I'm going to say that they were fishing some shallow water just because I just know it's Darnell, it's April. I fish Millwood. I take that bass cat where other people won't take boats. Yeah. So I'm guessing. That's some Darnell stuff too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's just river fishing. Yeah. But uh, me with Johnny, dude, we're catching them out there off ledges with shell beds. Oh, yeah. Back in 2008, 2009. Like, unreal. And it was a deal to where Johnny had it down on timing to where, like, we would side scan these dudes and see the bait see the gizzard shad off of them and then fish them not catch anything and he's like hey guess we'll get ready they're gonna they're gonna yeah. run that dam at 10 30. oh yeah that's yeah. The, one of the biggest things and, and, we're come, about. and so so then all of a sudden they run it we pull back up 11 o'clock absolutely catch 18 pounds they'll be sitting on those spots that just won't bite they you won't bite. get them to bite you won't but when them like when so they that, current, that current you and then be ready dude oh I, I remember one of them that where we were seeing the gizzard shad jumping and that was when I was like, that's a baby bass. And Johnny's like, no, that's that's, that's Shad. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, dude, these are some big old bait fish. Yeah. No, I did. That was my first experience. But guys, hey, appreciate you listening to the podcast today. This is episode one, Cannon Harmon. Uh, come back and tune with us next time. Uh, appreciate you guys. Let's leave us in the comments if you're watching on YouTube what you think. Uh, please share, subscribe. Uh, one of my goals we talked about earlier, like, hey, what's your goals and dreams? Uh, guys, I really don't know. But I know one thing for this podcast uh, we're just starting, but I want it to be the biggest and best fishing podcast in this state. That's one of my goals. So um, thank you to Futural for helping me out and uh, helping this out because without them, we cannot do this. And guys, we'll appreciate you, and we'll see you on the next one.